Welcome to uh, Unleashed World, Build Your Work Zen Agenda. Uh, yes, today we're talking about Work Zen. What is Work Zen? Uh, this is what we're going to be talking about today. It's the next stage uh, that we're discussing the content from at Unleashed World, the upcoming event, 12th and 13th of October at the Paris Convention Centre. I believe I have on the line uh, Mr. Dan Richardson, uh, HR Tech Lead and Senior Journalist at Unleashed. Dan, how are you doing? Hello, you're absolutely correct. Um, I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, it's a lovely sunny day over here. How about you? Not quite so sunny, but um, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So, um, yeah, I mean, we've discussed a uh, a lot of the um, stages so far. We've talked about learning skills. We've talked about HR tech. We've talked about talent, transformation, recruitment, employee experience. um, And now we're talking about work zen. So we may as well start here, which is what is WorkZen all about? So for me, um, it's more than just well-being and mindfulness. Those things are important, but um, sometimes there's kind of actors in the space which don't um, aren't, aren't always the most uh, effective and efficient in, in what they do. So WorkZen is kind of a, a, the bigger picture. It's about work-life balance. It's about the right technology for doing your job. Uh, it's about gamification, and it may even cross over with some of the content on our pay and reward stage at the event. Uh, Dan, what are your first thoughts on work then? Um, I think it's a weird one. I think it actually transcends work, right? The, the notion of, of Zen, maybe. I think it's all about balance and then also having the tools that can give you balance in your work day. But then that also ties into how does your culture work? How do your people work? And also a little bit how you are as a person and you know if if you kind of thrive under pressure then then how can you kind of get balanced on the back of that as well i think works in super interesting um i can't wait to to hear about the sessions and talk about them a bit as well and i hope i haven't lost anybody uh john that was my smooth introduction to to sort of segue no got you <laughs> cool. That's perfect. No, I was just saying that I, I think work zen is a term which um, our CEO Mark Coleman might have come up with, which kind of encapsulates a lot of the different things we're talking about. And um, you know, when you go when you hit the word zen, uh, you, you immediately think of people in the lotus position. But um, it's going to be more than that. So uh, let's talk about our first session, which is on uh, October twelfth at eleven a.m. It's called "Will It Make the Boat Go Faster?" Bringing to life new behaviours to accelerate the business transformation. Um, Sarah Lupi, who's Global Head of Employee Experience at Sanofi uh, Consumer Healthcare, she's going to be talking about their journey to become a standalone organisation, a new culture narrative, um, three new critical behaviours, these things. For me, this, I mean, this speaks to something that could potentially be a very, very honest assessment of shortcomings and uh, an organization's need to change. That's the way I'm thinking about this one, Dan. I think that's a, a really great point. I think it's something that underpins every transformation is really a, uh, a brutal assessment of, of where you're at and, and the pain points that you're experiencing. I think a lot of the times uh, organizations, rightly so, um, like to look at the positives you know once you're on on the other side and and kind of not discuss what was actually bothering them uh, beforehand i think what's really exciting about this one is is that i think we're actually going to get some some recognition 
of the issues and then how you overcome them. And I think that's really where a lot of the value is as well um, for for our listeners, for everyone who engages in Unleash. That's what we want to do, right? We want to we want to power through, <laughs> for lack of a better term, you know. Um, so yeah, I I think it's going to be great, and especially on the establishing of feedback. I talk about it all the time, but I think it's so important to keep communication going. Yeah, of course. Um, of course, on this uh, uh, short webinar I was on yesterday as well, actually, it, there's what we're finding, I'm interrupting myself, but what we're finding is that a lot of these issues, so many of these issues cross over with each other across stages and um, and across talks. And, and feedback was another thing that came across really strongly um, in this webinar yesterday with Anna Shevchenko from Wargaming's um, talk at the event. More on that later. Uh, but also... Uh, human-centered design was another thing she mentioned and we're going to come on to that again too um session number two 12 10 p.m workplace revolution uh pfizer so pfizer is a company which has been um in the news for i would say the right reasons uh around something which you know the the pandemic is uh the the the, the big event of the last five ten years probably more you know and um so pfizer's name has come to the fore it's a, a company that uh, are at the vanguard of pharma. Uh, they're better known than at any point in their history, probably. But um, what is their post-COVID narrative as a company? Uh, this is about a DE&I journey, which obviously plays a very, very big part of um, Pfizer and um, who they are. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, so I, I think the first thing is what a, what a great uh, organisation to have. I imagine Pfizer have had the most interest in although admittedly probably incredibly hard, three, four years um, of any company, right? Um, so, yeah, I, I think before we even jump into the d and it would just be amazing to find out how their work cultures really work throughout that. I think when we get more into what Antonio will be speaking about, it's going to be super, super engaging because we think about diversity a lot. We talk about it a lot. But when it comes to doing that in hybrid and with a company that's really got a lot of pressure surrounding it, I think it's just a whole new kettle of fish. And I think this, that pressure is what makes the learning sort of outcomes that you can get from these kind of sessions so, so impactful. Because we all feel pressures in our job, maybe not to the same extent as Pfizer, but really understanding how they overcome that and actually improve diversity, equity and inclusion, the big D-E-N-I. Um, I just think it's going to be fascinating. Um, yeah, and I'll be really in interested to see if there's any struggles that they've kind of found on the way. I mean, I think hybrid's a big one. We had, um, oh, I think, was it Morgan Stanley? I want to say is CEO Morgan Morgan Stanley or maybe BlackRock, who was saying, oh, I actually think, uh, you know, D&I is damaged by hybrid work and, you know, that separation from the office. So it's just super interesting to get any leaders' takes, um, but particularly Pfizer's, I think, is going to be the one. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's Antonio Beber, who's uh, DE&I uh, Regional Operations Lead uh, for Europe, for Pfizer, a company with 25,000 employees across 28 countries, so um, no small task ahead for Pfizer. Um, next talk, I'm, re I'm reading this like Jeff Stelling. Um, next talk is 2pm on day one, embedding a data-driven culture in a people-centric organisation. Uh, so so this is uh, Julian Legray, uh, Global Head of HR Digital and Data at Cartier. Before we get onto the content of the talk, what I also find interesting is how 
people's job descriptions really reflect the uh, obviously the priorities of the company. So sometimes you'll find, for example, Julian at Cartier, he's got digital wrapped into his his job description as, alongside HR. Um, so it's interesting to see where these companies' priorities are, um, what is considered part of uh, HR's job, and obviously data at Cartier is a very important part of this. Um, it's a, you know data and analytics is another thing that we're seeing AI more broadly that is uh, cutting across and probably will be mentioned across all uh, the stages at Unleashed World. Uh, Dan, what do you think? No, totally. I was just thinking how much of a great point that was and i think you're really really right to to highlight it so when you hear about data and then people centric often it sounds like it's at ends with each other you know it's a paradox it can't be done um but i think it's really something that we're realizing across like the hr community um that it can be done and it's actually incredibly valuable to have pe- people data especially when you want to address culture or you want to address or anything within your organization whether it is technology um, or you know back to de and i and stuff like that as well you need that feedback and feedback often comes back through data um, i know there's like sort of subjective ways to do it you know whether it's an interview or whatever but honestly i think having the data is the best way to sort of outline here's where the issues are and you know this is where we want to be um, i know he's got some guiding principles um john i'm going to chuck that back to you um because i think they're really interesting but i think you might you might have better thoughts on them than me yeah the four guiding principles of uh, cartier's data strategy is it's got to be simple uh if it's too complex you lose your users it's got to be relevant uh if your analysis doesn't tell the right story it becomes obsolete if it's got to be attractive um i'm not sure i call data attractive but you know, it's their word. I get what they mean. If it's not engaging, you lose interest. Um, and it's probably accessible. So it's, if it's not available when needed, it will get forgotten. And here we come to uh, things like uh, something that people alchemy, people like Paul Matthews, upcoming interview on the podcast very soon about capability at the point of work and having access to what you need when you need it, um, which surprisingly few companies uh, understand. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a great talk. Uh, it's interesting, it's really interesting to see data appearing on stages like WorkZen, where you think you might get the softer side of things, but not so. I mean, the WorkZen uh, is all-encompassing and data is part of that. So, yeah. yeah, I think with like burnout and stuff becoming such a prevalent issue, it's not really sort of brought data in, right? You know, well-being and data, and then I think that all ties into Zen. I think the principles as well are great. It's just a shame they don't make a catchy word when you put them all together. We need to have a word with them about that. See if you can make it into like a star or a smart or something like that. Up your acronym game, Cartier. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I was thinking exactly that. I was was wondering whether it would spell something out. But anyway, um, moving on, 2.35pm on the WorkZen stage. uh, Dr. Katja Reithel, uh, Group Head of DEIB and Employee Wellbeing at Zurich. Uh, Beyond Skin Deep, Wellbeing Initiatives That Make a Difference. She's asking... What is the good, bad, and ugly of corporate well-being? My question is, uh, is it finally being taken seriously now that finance is on board? This is my probably wrong prejudice against finance, having worked in uh, finance for a while. Um, but it's not so. I mean, Zurich, uh, Ali Navrat, our 
um, talent recruitment lead public, has published great stories about Zurich and, and how forward thinking they are, particularly on these issues of diversity. Um, and when large companies, especially in the finance space, are doing these kinds of things, it really, well, hopefully will trickle down to other companies in, in the space and across industries too. Yeah, I, I think, great point. First of all, check out Ali's article on ESG, um, and it's got a lot on retention as well uh, with Zurich Insurance. It's really, really good. That's my one plug. I do it every time I speak about Unleash anywhere. <laughs> so, so there's a plug to go read our articles. But um, in terms of what Zurich's doing, I think it's all about really elevating what we understand as well-being. I think the I think really the pandemic gave us like a, a whole new perspective where it's like, oh, I'd go for some, you know, beers at lunch. Not every lunchtime, but, you know, something like that. And that would be, oh, that's, that's well-being. But, you know, being stuck inside really puts a new perspective on like approaches to work, like just like mental well-being, physical well-being. And I, I think now the relationship between employee and employee is different. There's like a an increased closeness, but then a, like an increased need as well for employees to, to almost step up and you know now that that's been done people expect it to continue and they they want to see it grow obviously there's a whole new conversation of like how do we get investment in this you know if you're if you're in hr how do we get support um to really further this i think this is going to be a great one um if you can get a bank to sorry zurich is a fantastic company as we talk talked about but if you can get a financial institution to to really back well-being then i think there's there's lessons for us all um, and really a guide of, of what we should all be doing is what i'm kind of expecting what about you john yeah i agree and um off the back of everything you've said plus ali's piece as well um it's going to be difficult <laughs> i'm going to find it difficult to get around all the talks i want to see actually so not sure how we're going to split these up but um Definitely uh, one to look at on the work zone stage um, from Dr. Katia, Katia Reithol. Um, session number five, creating an integrated employee growth experience. This is Ruth Gorman, Global Head of Talent Development from ThoughtWorks. Um, ThoughtWorks is a global software company that's growing at incredible speed. They're basically talking about scaling. It's a, it's a issue we hear time and again, which is how can you maintain a good employee experience and a good culture uh, when your business is changing and usually that changes growth um, my discussion point for this one is human-centered design here we go again uh, it, the the event hasn't even started and yet uh, we've heard design thinking time and time again uh, on the webinar yesterday with an, with the, the talk from wargaming as well other thing that interests me I think is that um, the global talent development heads sh uh, role share which I think is really interesting too. Uh, there's an upcoming interview that I've done with um, Sophie Smallwood, who runs a company, who's CEO of a company called Rollshare, and she talks about the importance or the ability for people to um, share significant roles and how that can work. So it would be interesting to see how these two speakers kind of bounce off each other, sharing this role of talent development as they do. Yeah, no, I think it's it's just a great topic. I know human-centered design seems to be like a term that comes up more and more these days, but I think we also forget that quite often we just get like tools put in place and it's like, this is a new process. Good luck, you know, make it work. We've invested X amount. We need this kind of outcome. So I think this is kind of the future. It's really nice that we're finally getting these discussions around how to make it almost work for the employees or at least... And make the adoption of new tools or new methods of working 
simplified. Like, that's what everyone wants, right? Any change is like, oh, do I have to? If you can make it easy or you can make it something that, you know, everyone can see the benefits from, not just the, the senior leadership. It's a huge win-win. I um, With ThoughtWorks, I would love to get their perspective. I know they're growing hugely, but also from their clients and the people that they help and, and how they address that. I'm sure that will come up at some point. Um, but if not, uh, track down Ruth and somebody please ask her because I think it's super interesting on that side as well. Yeah, um, me too. And uh, that's our last talk to to kind of trail for work, Zen. Dan, I would say see you in Paris. But unfortunately, just uh, to let everyone know, if you don't already know, uh, this is your second last day at Unleash. You're moving on to uh, Pastures New. But thanks very much for yeah. all your hard work, all the amazing writing, plus being involved in the podcast and the Twitter spaces. It's really, really appreciated. No, it's been a been an absolute pleasure, and I'm excited to hear about Paris, even if it is secondhand. But then there's a great editorial team that can fill us in, so so it will all be well. Thanks so much. Right, um, that's it for today. But uh, we'll see you for the next Twitter Spaces. Bye for now. <laughs>